So I wanted to record this podcast for a couple of reasons. One was to promote the new podcast I have with Mike the Mouth coming up. Uh, we have Jenny Butler as our first guest uh, recording a week from Sunday, and that's going to be a paid podcast, and um, it's going to be awesome. And um, just want to let people know about that. Number two, um, the, the segment that um, the two truths and a lie segment that uh, you'll see in this episode, which takes up most of this episode, um, that's a segment we, we're going to be featuring on that uh, the, the MTM podcast that I've been doing. And um, a lot of those are direct quotes from managers or GMs, and um, we explain it. But um, all of those quotes and the things, there's a hundred of them that are available on the Patreon that I have. And the Patreon that I have is basically um, like stuff that I work on behind the scenes to prep. And if people want it, I don't want you to have it. So if you want it, um, all's fair. It's it's behind a payroll. And if you don't if you don't pay for it, I don't care because I don't really want people to see it. Uh, because I think it gives me a, a little bit of an edge on that. But um, back to um, that segment, and um, yeah, it's going to be featured on Mike's podcast, which I'm really excited about happening um, soon. Um, and uh, we had two great guests on this show, um, Lenny Melnick and John L., John Legaza. Um, but uh, Lenny, Lenny's a great guy. Um, John is too, of course, great friends with John. But John, Lenny uh, said after the show, he said, give me a call. So I called him, and he said, listen, he's like, the segment's good. The two truths and a lie. Um, um, he's like, no one else does it. He's complimentary, but he's like, I want to give you some constructive criticism. He's like, you go too deep. Um, and um, some of the stuff like I was just guessing at, and it's just too obscure. Um, and you know what? I appreciate that. Like he, the guy cares, man. Like Lenny really cares. And he's a, he's a great guy um, for doing that. And he like, I asked him to do this podcast like two hours before I did it. He said, sure, I'll jump on anytime. And, um, so Lenny's really great, um, and uh, his his podcast every morning um, he d- he puts out one every morning, and he just loves to talk about baseball. So check that out. But my response to him was, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Definitely good constructive feedback. But like, I don't want to give away just obvious quotes that everyone knows. Like, yeah, Adalberto Mondesi might be not ready for the opening day. Says Heim Bloom. Okay, yeah, everyone really knows that, and. Like he'll be their shortstop for the bulk of the season, but everyone knows that's sort of obvious. I want to make this challenging and and hopefully give people some quotes that they can use that um, they may not have heard before and that's going to help them and um, lead them to interpret it the way they want to interpret it rather than say news that um, whoever is providing it is misinterpreting it or jumping to conclusions um, and not providing just the facts, like what these managers and GMs are saying may not be ultimately true or it, it, what they're saying might not happen, but at the same time, it's straight from the horse's mouth rather than just some beat writer's prediction. And we talk about that, we get into that, but anyways, it's a good podcast. It, it's decent. Um, so enjoy. Welcome back to the Draft Champions podcast. We're here today with um, a returning guest, Lenny Melnick. How are you doing? I am returning. Okay. Great. If I return, that means I'm doing okay. And this is the perfect podcast to have you on because um, oh, really? I listen. I listen. It is perfect because I listen to your podcast every day, and you have great little nuggets—not little nuggets, but many of them—and um, great factual information that no one else is sharing. Not. Uh-huh. I don't want to hear about someone's ranks. I don't care what you, how you rank your players. I want to hear something that can help me. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to be misled. I don't yeah. want to have someone else's opinion because okay. you, you, you scour 
all the depths of the earth for the news. And and there's other people that do mind the news, but I feel that sometimes they jump to conclusions. Like for example, um, let's just say the name Jeff Zimmerman does the mining the news. Yeah. Is one of the one of the one of the blurbs was the Detroit Tigers are not changing their dimensions. But if you look click on that link, the it has the it has an interview with the owner or GM. I think it's an owner, and he right. said, "Well, I don't want to change the I don't I don't want I want the dimensions to be um, uh, strong one way or another, either to really favor pitching or really favor hitting." So he didn't really say that it wasn't going to happen. And guess what? It happened. And then you of also said, happened. Yes, Detroit's be a big deal. It is, and that's defenses are being moved in, but they're a little higher than they were before, than they were, but still, they're doing it to create more offense. That's what they say. Well, if you look at Steamer, um, of all the projection systems, and I don't really, yeah. I, I don't use them to draft, but if you look at them all, Steamer, of all the of all the projection systems and all the teams, they have the Detroit Tigers increasing home runs the most from last year to this year. Yeah. So, I think they had 110 last year in reality, and Steamer's oh. projected them at 180, so... Javi Baez, uh, Riley Green. What do you think about those two? What do you think about those two guys? Well, Baez and Green. I've always liked Baez, and maybe this is his year. But it's Riley Green and uh, Torkelson could be the ones to really uh, turn it up a notch. And I, you know, if you take a look at the stats last year in Baltimore, they doubled their home run production at home last year when they moved in the fences uh, or moved them out or whatever they did change their home run total big time. So I expect the same. Uh, and last year the Orioles did it to protect their pitching and that's what happened. So they moved the fences out and uh, the home run stopped. Exactly. Um, and then you, you also see like the, the, the news tidbits of links to beat writers. Um, yeah. Just projections. So they still say Alexis Diaz is the closer for the Reds. I'm like, oh, right. is that news? Or is that an opinion? Because you go and click on that link, and it just is a beat writer's projected like roster. Um, of course, what you have to remember is that the beat writers, and especially all the guys who get sent to the winter meetings, this is very interesting because I got this firsthand from a beat writer. Uh, they're all sent to the winter meetings and they all have a job that they get paid for, right? So you're getting paid for a job. What's your job? You got to write stuff. There's nothing going on for the most part. You got to make it up. I heard at the winter meetings, uh, there were two general managers seen in the same elevator. And that was the reason that the writer uh, uh, wrote about some trades. It was Noah Syndergaard to the Yankees. That was uh, last year, if you remember that rumor. That yeah. was totally made up. Never happened, but these guys get paid uh, to come up with stuff, and that's what they do. As crazy as that sounds, sometimes that's what they do. They come up with stuff because that's what they're getting paid for. Yep, it's a sad it's a sad state of affairs. Yeah. Speaking right. of sad, sad states of affairs, your show, Serious Radio, you, we need to get that back. Like, What's up? What's, well, what's what's it been? What's it replaced by? Nothing. Like, nothing. Nothing. Like now, re I, reruns. I could, I could football. speculate. Nothing. Right now, in the slots that I were in, there's nothing in there. Now, I can't go into the reasons that uh, that they didn't renew our show. All that they I could say is that they know I wasn't working for free. Okay, so let's just say it that way. All right. And um, as a result, they've been you know some 
big changes at Sirius. I've been there for 13 years. I love the station. But let's face it, the fantasy sports world is not the same as it was a couple of years ago. Uh, so many podcasts and so many good ones. And uh, with gambling coming in, in into the picture big time, and I think that's a huge mistake in today's day to focus on gambling is a major error. How many people in this country could afford to lose $500? All right, I'm, I'm told that most people have 600 in their bank account. So let's put it this way. That's where they're going. They understand that football is the engine that drives fantasy sports. I get it. But they haven't done their homework because there's a time of year where people, I mean, they're talking, look, I didn't want to talk about Sirius because I have nothing against them, but they're still talking about uh, some of the um, websites that sponsor the shows are still giving away discounts on their football stuff and the football season's over. Okay. So there you go. You know what? I'd rather, I'd rather watch a 90 year old woman play a slot machine than listen to a fantasy football podcast on Sirius. Well, whatever it is, it's done. It's really committed me now to do something that I've already done, but never really gave it a hundred percent. And that is to build my own network uh, with my podcast that every day we get 40 to 50 people and you've got, you're in the chat room. You know what it's like. It's there's no other chat room in this country. Uh, like the chat room that shows up every morning at nine o'clock and they just don't listen to me. It's a, it's a constant discussion among the chat room inmates, as I call them. And uh, <laughs> when Andy and I go travel across the country every year, we see, we get to meet all these people. So it's been, this is, this is like my second, my second family. How many times do you see a family member every morning at nine o'clock for an hour. It's rare. It's, and it's also turned out that- it's, a, That sounds horrible. Uh, isn't that something? But these yeah. are not family members, but they have yeah. become second family. And here's the key. It lets you escape for one hour from what we all go through every single day in this country. From the prisons of your lives with That's your right. family. Yes. Lenny, the Lenny, Mon- the Lenny Melnick podcast lets you escape from the prison that you're living with your yep. family. Pretty much. It's uh, unfortunate, but for, you know, look, I always say, I've always said that the luckiest, uh, the wealthiest person in the country is the one who, who, who for 10 minutes a day, your biggest worry is Clayton Kershaw's elbow. <laughs> what about, what about DeGrom's? That might well, be the... you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's your not... biggest worry for 10 minutes. If all you got to think about, oh, what are we doing in a picture? And if that's your biggest worry, even for five or 10 minutes a day, you've succeeded in something. Right. And speaking, and you talk about your, you don't work for free. I'm starting a podcast with, um, and I got to plug this with Mike, the mouth, mouth Masato. I don't know if you know who that is. Mike, Mike, the mouth. Masato. Uh, I, will know him. I will know him. You will know him. Yeah. So me and him are doing a podcast. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a paid podcast. And mm-hmm. um, one of the features we're doing is the feature that I'm sort of pre- um, premiering on the podcast oh, right now, which you. is it's just free mm-hmm. the, that it's called two truths and a lie. Yeah. Basically it's news. Two of the new, two of the pieces of news are direct quotes, not some jumping to conclusions or made up shit that may not be your true mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to let the listener decide how to interpret it. 
And right. uh, yeah, me and Mike are going to be working on that. And also all these news tidbits are, that are available on the Patreon that I, that I have. That's and um, I'm not looking to make any money, but if you want, like I'm, I'm researching, I'm doing the work anyway. So I figured if, if you want it, you can pay for it because I don't want you to have it. So it's a, it's a level playing field. If, if you want it, you pay. And if you don't, mm-hmm. then I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what it is. And we're still waiting on John Legaza to come on the show to be another participant in this po- in this contest, okay. but he is not responding. So we might not have him on the show. Well, whatever you want to do, but I will tell you about the podcast. Okay. I started doing this podcast 19 years ago uh, on blog talk radio. I don't know if you call it a podcast then, but it is basically the same show with the chat room. I got people who have been with me for 19 years. And you know some of them. I got uh, some of these guys uh, that have been with me for 19 years. And I never wanted to charge for the podcast at the beginning. I didn't want to interfere my love for the game with a love for money. And and then it became that I couldn't charge these guys. People have been with me five, six, seven years at that point. No way that I'm charging them. And if I do ever charge, those people will absolutely get a password and let them in for nothing. But, you know, at some point you separate the love for the game from the money. And that's what I've tried to do. And that's what I've done. That's why I love it so much. Yeah, that, I think that's why everyone loves you. You're a beloved um, legend. Lenny well, the legend. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. So um, let's get going here. Well, um, let's get going. Throw stuff at me. I'll tell you, you're full of crap or you're not. Go ahead. Well, you got, well, I am. I guarantee you, I am full of crap. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to be full of crap on one of these. Okay, go ahead. All right. So let's start with um. Let's start with this one. This is these are going to be outfielders. Yeah. So the first quote I'm going to give you is about Matt Deerling, okay. and it's a quote from Scott Harris, the president of baseball operations. That's really hard to find, Harris said. He has a track record of controlling strike zone. He can play everywhere on the diamond, and he's already performed at a high level in the big leagues. So we think what he, that he brings some athleticism, versatility, and speed that can really enhance our overall offensive unit in 2023. We also mm-hmm. think the speed component may be of greater yeah. importance with the new rules. Right. So it's nice to add a little bit more speed to our offense. That's the first quote. Okay, and I'll tell you right off the bat, that's true. Okay. Uh, because, uh, yes, I'm, I'm familiar with that quote. Verling is going to be an interesting late-game pick. Talking about late-round pick, he's probably not going to – look, he's one of the guys that you like, but when spring training rolls around, you don't want him to do well because the better he does, the more his price tag goes up. There's a couple of guys like that this year for sure. Every year there are. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely say that's true. Okay. Well, you don't have to give me your answer until I read you all, okay. all three of them. But right, um, so far, you're pretty confident that's true. The next yeah, quote confident. is about Christian Pache on okay. the A's, and this is from Mark Kotze, the manager. Okay. Right. He says that Christian Pache will have a leash, quote, as long as he can handle. That's the okay. second quote. And the third right. quote is about Nolan Jones on the Rockies, and this is a quote from Bud Black, the manager. Nolan is in a mix of guys. He can play a little third. He can play a little outfield. He plays some first. So there's some versatility there. He's got some power. Like all those guys, there's things he's got to clean up, but he's got talent. Gee whiz. I would have said all three are true. <laughs> because, and uh, it's Nolan Jones. He's on Colorado now? Yeah. Is that it? Like I saw him when he was he was a third baseman. 
in the Cleveland organization. Yeah, he, yeah, he's right? in Colorado now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll say that Nolan Jones is not true. It's actually the Pache is not true. Oh, how can it not be true? Well, maybe it's true, but that's a, I made up that quote. I make I completely oh. made it up. Oh, Todd yeah, but you're right. I mean, look, all, all they're saying is that, you know, Pache's got the reputation. He's a great defensive outfielder. And if if he shows an ability to hit the ball, he's going to be in that lineup. But he's got to show something. And that's pretty much what you said. Well, I, I said that he's got a. I said the quote was he's got a a, a leash quote as long as he can handle. Yeah, as long as is he, he can even, handle. Is right. he even penciled in as a starter? I'm not sure. Uh, there's a lot of guys who are penciled in nowhere. They want him in the lineup. That I can tell you. He's one of the best defensive outfielders in, in, in Major League Baseball. They would like him to be in the lineup. Whether or not uh, he hits enough, that we don't know. And when you take a look at the uh, at the Oakland lineup, I mean, um, uh, they got this kid. Aloriano's going to play. Uh, Story Diaz. He's uh, he's going to be competing with Pache. Ruiz. Story Ruiz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no Diaz. Not Ruiz, Diaz. Okay. A left-handed hitter on on Oakland. Right? Oh, okay. And 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 then you got uh, Seth Brown. Well, uh, with the addition of Aguilar, it looks like they're going to move Seth Brown to the outfield. But um, if Pache if Pache can hit, he will be given a leash. Once he stops hitting, though, he's going to be on a short lease, and he'll wind up being the fourth outfield. All right. So let's move on to the second category. All of these quotes are from Jerry Depoto, the Seattle Mariners uh-huh. uh, president of baseball operations. Right. And um, well, one of them is not uh, a real quote. So okay. first one, the first one I'll tell you is this: Emerson Hancock should be rated a seventy grade pitcher across the board. Our entire team is salivating over the opportunity to see him face the best hitters in the world. Okay. Number two, Brian Wu. This is a prospect. One of the, one player that has that was most asked for uh, for players and trades was Brian Rue. If there's a player that people don't realize how good they are, it's Brian. We drafted him recovering from Tommy John, but mm-hmm. once he came back, we have a mid to upper nineties fastball with elite command and um, really good ride on the fastball at the top of the zone with backspin. He has above average secondaries and his changeup leaps leaps off the board. It's mm-hmm. stunning to see the pitch mix and polish for someone that hasn't pitched this much. Okay. The third quote is about Cody Senga before he was signed. Right. And he said, Cody is among the most talented pitchers in the world. In the draft room, we, we generally reference arm talent, and Cody is an extreme arm talent. He sits around 100 miles per hour, upper 90s, routinely touching 100 as a uh-huh. starter, carrying a deep workload, and his primary out pitch is a ghost fork ball or a split finger yes. that disappears. And I'll tell you, I know that's true because I did – that whole paragraph or two this morning on the podcast. Okay. Today. <laughs> right. Podcast. Quote, I don't know much about Wu, so I'll say that's that's the one that's not accurate. The the Hancock one is one that's not accurate. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Hancock is not accurate. Uh I don't know a lot about Wu, but I do know that Senga, uh, as you said, he's got some terrific pitches. He can throw a hundred. And uh, he, as I said, he's staying back with the uh, Mets uh, rather than playing the WBC. That's a big deal. Yeah, I just I just heard that today too. That is a big deal. Pete, that that should keep his price 
a little bit lower than it would be because you're going to see the the price of um, I think uh, Yoshi and Senga shoot up when if if they mm-hmm. played in the in the classic. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of Yoshi, we got a, we, our next set of quotes uh, starts with him. Um, okay. So this is a quote from Gus Quattlebaum, the scouting development person. Oh, okay. I wonder if he's the same guy who scouted me. Mm, doubtful. You know, think so. I had a scout when I was when I was nine years old. A scout by the name of Mike Becker, and he asked my father if he could watch me play. And then uh, when what I what were was, you playing? I was playing center field. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you just like I thought there was just a guy that wanted to come and watch you. Like, no, play he was a, when he you were was a kid, a, like little Lenny's, like playing with like his Lego, and uh, he's like, oh, he can was, I, he, like, hey, he can was, I watch him play? He was like, that's, that's kind of creepy. He was a scout for a combine, and then but here's the great part is that when I was a senior in high school, he uh, came over to my house and he said, if you only would have grown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my problem too. That's I, I, I would have made the major leagues if I was taller. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what happens when you're Jewish, right? I, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <clears throat> ask Sandy Koufax that, but. Uh, no, true. There you go. Yeah, there's a couple of them. Couple, a couple of them uh, snuck through, snuck through the cracks. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So Yoshi uh, Matsuzaka. This is Gus Quattlebaum, the president of scouting development. Um, it was just not what I was expecting. He's a little guy. We always loved the approach. I just wasn't expecting that kind of raw power. He said of the five foot eight, one hundred and seventy five pound Yoshida. There was a discrepancy in the industry and what people think of of the power. That was the that was the thing that stood out for us. He added mm-hmm. couple couple that with the swing take decisions it's it's not slash and dash hit the ball on the ground and beat it out it's more of a western swing with the ability to lift the ball with surprising raw, raw power it changed mm-hmm. the calculus for us evaluators that's again uh, Gus Qualabom on uh-huh. uh, Tsutsugo next one is um, about Brett Beatty on the Mets yeah. this is from Billy Epler um, the GM while mm-hmm. Beatty can play other positions like left field, he said the Mets want him to focus um, on on all positions. We're op- we'll we'll be open minded to other avenues. He said we don't mind throwing multiple positions at someone when they're still refining one, especially with a younger player like Brett. Mm-hmm. Third one is Adam Duvall on the Red Sox. Um, this is from Heim Bloom, um, the chief baseball officer. Very very excited for Adam to uh, be on board here. Player like that we wanted for a while. Um, even we recording, even when recording uh, Kyle Schwarber, but he's a guy whose skill set we've liked a long time. He loves hitting at Fenway. We've seen uh, too much of it in other uniforms. Hopefully, he'll love it just as much as the uniform. He has tremendous power and has the ability to play center. And making yeah. the club deeper will help him uh, be effective in center field. Okay, I think the uh, statement that's not true is the Brett Beatty statement, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, because the Mets want him to play third base. Same thing with Alvarez. They want him to play. That's why he may not start in the majors. They want Beatty and they want Alvarez to play a position and get it down pat. Moving Beatty around to different positions is uh, not what they have said. They want him to play third and stay there and learn the position. Same with Alvarez. Am I right? You are completely correct. You bingo bingo that. I basically changed that quote. Um, and they said the real quote is um, um, 
they said we'll be open minding to other ad- other avenues, but we kind of don't want to throw we kind of don't want to throw multiple positions at somebody right. we're still learning one. So that you you are you correct. Know, you know that when a player comes up and starts playing multiple positions, especially catcher, uh, but you could say third base as well, they start concentrating on the position and they take a little off the offense because look, you just can't give a hundred percent to everything. So if they're if they're working on a new position, uh, some of their concentration is on the new position, and it takes away from their offense. They want Beatty to show his offense, and that's that's the number one concern. And play third base. Yep, you are correct. You nailed that one. Okay, here we go. We got Johnny coming on now. He's, he's late. Okay. But, but there are some technical difficulties. He just showed me that. Um, the links just weren't showing up uh, where oh, I was yeah. sending them, so and I, I texted it to him, and um, he's here. Okay, Johnny, how you doing there, kid? He's a, uh, he's connected to audio. There we go. Okay, you're missing oh, a great show, God. Johnny. Just want I'm you to know you're missing a great show. Okay. Yeah, well, as soon as I saw your name, I knew that part. Okay. Thanks. Zach, Zach, I'm sorry. Did you see? Did you see yeah. the DM I just sent you? Yeah, yeah, we're recording. By the way, we've already That's started. Fine. But oh. no, we, we, you haven't missed much. Actually, we, we, me and Lenny, were shooting the shit to start, and we start. We started. The, we started the game. We're we're three questions in out of ten. So yes. we're not. We're not, you, you're, there's still lots of stuff left for you. Okay, cool. Let's have some fun. Okay. So basically, what I was saying, we we were talking a bit, and basically, it's two truths and a lie. So this is um, a segment that I'm going to be doing on the new show with Mike the Mouth. And it's also all these all these quotes are in uh, the Patreon that I have, and basically they're they're direct quotes. They're not like um, jumping to conclusions or just like beat writers' opinions. These are straight from the horse's mouth quotes from either GMs, managers, whatever stuff like that. And mm-hmm. two of them are true, and one of them I've made up. So we're gonna move on to um, number four here. So John, John, at, uh, are you still? You're at John Legaza now, right? Anything you want to say before while you jumped in, or you just want to get right into the right into the game? Yeah, whatever. Follow me on Twitter. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Find John. John's awesome. Um, all right. So this is um, this is the fourth two two truths and a lie. So uh, this is about this is about playing time. These are players. I've tried to I've tried to stick within one category um, for all three items. So this is about playing time. So. First quote is from John Schneider, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, about Brandon Belt. He says, Brandon Belt will be DHing for us if healthy and should see at least 600 plate appearances in that role and filling in at first base. Second quote on is about Eric Hosmer from Jed Hoyer, president of baseball operations. Um Jed Hoyer noted that the lefty swinging Hosmer would be playing every day against right-handed pitching. That um, lefty left the possibility open for a platoon situation or the right-handed hitter. Mancini Mancini fits that mold. Hoyer believes that could, there could be a real change of scenery element to Hosmer's situation. In San in San Diego, he went there. He signed a contract. He had a few good years, but obviously it didn't go as they hoped, and they moved on. And that wasn't the most comfortable environment for, as it happened. I think, um, and I think that getting him into our environment, I think there's good years left. Third quote. Colton Wong Mariners. This is from Justin Hollander, the GM. The way our team is constructed right now, there is a great the great likelihood is that Dylan Moore spends most days um, spends more days than he did last year at second base and at shortstop. Spelling players giving them days off and making sure that we get the best version of everyone because Dylan's great strengths and versatility versus left-handed pitching. 
if I may say, uh, the Dylan Moore thing, look, they got Colton Wong and they just got Tommy Listella. I would be surprised if Dylan Moore plays a lot of second base. Not with one. They just picked up Listella. So that, to me, discounts Dylan Moore. He'll be a utility player, but uh, I don't think second base is his number one position. Okay. John, which one do you think is false? Oh, this is so funny because um... – Right. I think we, we look at these news things completely the opposite. Like I walk into these generally assuming everything is BS, right? I'm not <laughs> lying. <laughs> so, okay. So for me, the one that's obviously made up is Brandon Belt. Um, Zach, if you're going to use fake quotes, you should make them all the same length. It was too short. You also included 600 plate appearances outing yeah, yourself as a much. fantasy player. So that one is clearly fake. The first one's clearly fake. And the mistake made, <laughs> the, the mistake being made is by our good friend Lenny. Though it's it's smart, it's you have to be counterintuitive and again realize that these people are mostly looking for clicks, engagement. They don't know anything more than we do, and sometimes I think they're actually lying. Well, when you take a look at Colton Wong, second base. No, 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 Lenny, I don't think you're wrong, but you're oh. trying to apply rational reasoning. Oh, I and this see. is like beat reporter stuff. No, right. no, this That's is. What well, I mean. I'm not saying you're wrong, John. John, I'll stop you right there. John, you're you're correct. You you got the correct answer. John. I know, I know. <laughs> but but I do have to say that the, the quote isn't from a beat writer. It is from the GM. The GM actually. Like that was a direct quote from Zach. Jeff you just you actually made more. My, you actually made my point even stronger because it's GMs are clearly lying. Like they're oh, okay. Okay. Beat writers are lying less, although they have, remember, they don't necessarily need to lie. They need, they need to get engagement. So sometimes it's not lying. Sometimes it's embellishing. Sometimes the truth is fine. Okay. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would have agreed to you if you said GMs are lying, but I, but I thought, but when you said Uh. they want engagement, that's beat writers. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Right. Beat writers want engagement. I'm saying that beat writers are not necessarily lying. GMs are lying to you. Beat writers need engagement, which sometimes involves lying. Am I right by saying that it should have been 400, not 600? <laughs> Man, Maybe. I've stepped on that rake before. I, yeah, I yeah, think I've made that mistake it, with Belt before. Was it so the, the, the tricky year? thing about this, Lenny, is that the Colton Wong quote was from December before they before they had signed um, La Stella. So some oh, of these okay. quotes are a little All bit right. older. So I'll, like that is, yeah, you do get a pass on that because that quote. You. But you, the way the way the you um you spun it with the logic, your logic makes sense. Yeah, if you, if you had that known entire that, Mariner team feels very crowded, right? Yeah, it does. Well, so they what, do. I mean, their outfield. You know, who knows? AJ Pollock. Do he have anything left? Taylor Trammell. How many years is he going to be a prospect? And uh, with uh, Teoscar and Julio. Uh, it should be a pretty interesting team. I like their pitching staff too. Oh no, yeah. I actually I like the team too. I just for fantasy purposes, yeah. particularly at the back end of the lineup. I think you yeah. mentioned Lenny. You probably wrote it. If it's fantasy stuff, is anybody going to get like enough to make a difference between Pollock and Kelnick and more? No. It could be Listella, even Haggerty's floating around from time to time. It's like you know which two hundred and you know which two fifteen batting average you want. No, so, it's all about Julio Rodriguez. Oh gosh, is he great? Oh, he's so great. We'll see. So, what about Hosmer? Lost in all, lost in all this conversation. The one that's obviously true. Um, Hosmer. They're saying that he's going to play most like every day against righties. Well, Hoyer said, and there, and he's and he even intimated that 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 Mancini could be short side platoon, but we think that he's going to be DH. So, do you, do you do you guys think Hosmer gets 
550 plate appearances? On a short leash. If he earns it, he'll get it. If he doesn't play well, he's out very quickly. Hits the ball hard still. Still hit the ball hard. (laughs) Yeah, well, it depends who you ask, Zach, no? Depends who you ask. If you ask BIS, right, Fangraphs Baseball Information Solutions, Hosmer doesn't really hit the ball hard because they include – they don't necessarily include launch angle because it's proprietary, but it's a human being. So if you're like hitting grounders, so for example, Hosmer last year, 27% hard hit rate for Fangrass, which is like, you know, is pretty low sub six power rate, you know, like, listen, he stinks to Lenny's point. I think Lenny's correct. And I think the best way to, again, I always look at these things kind of stylistically, right? Zach, cause that's what you and I are always doing, especially in this season, we're playing draft champion, draft and hold, no waiver stuff. The Cubs have kind of shown us, I don't want to say erratic because, right, to change your mind with new information is not flip-flopping. flip-flopping. It's just being, you know, thinking critically. And the Cubs have kind of shown us that yeah, they're going to they're gonna go with who's hot, right? Ortega was a thing. He's gone. Who they, Well, these guys, Wisdom was in and out. He's gone. Matt Mervis? What yeah, well, happened to him? <laughs> well, now they almost look like they kind of blocked him. So, yeah, yeah the, the Cubs, it's going to be a carousel. And I think Lenny has it nailed if he produces, then he'll play. If you're asking me, Zach, if I think he produces enough to get 550, not unless there's injuries also. If everyone stays healthy, I don't think he ends up playing, yeah, no. you know, in the second half, let's say. I think he's done by then. All right, let's move on to the next uh, uh, trio of quotes. And these are quotes about pitching rotations. Um, so the first one that I'll give you is um, a quote from Derek Falvey, which is who is the president of baseball operations for the Twins. Um, he says... I will tell you um, that our hope right now is that we go with six starters. And I feel like we have six good ones. However, that shakes out. But ultimately, we have some depth behind it to make sure that we're in a good place. Um, He goes on to say, I think the key for us um, is when you break camp, you've got six starters, including Bailey Ober. Maybe it's that maybe it's a six that you're hopeful you have uh, you have for the whole season. You know, you're going to need another guy or two to step up along the way, um, blah, blah, blah. So it goes on. The next one I'm going to give you is from uh, Mike Hazen, the GM of the Diamondbacks. Um, he says, um, they have a slew of young arms vying for opportunities, including Ryan Nelson, Tommy Henry, and Dre Jameson, all who made their major league debuts in 2022. I envision, at least for this year, that it's going to be um, the dynamic that exists, he said. I think that's a healthy dynamic. He did not rule out the possibility of a six-man rotation as well. He says um, he does not like um, looking at pitching schedules until spring training, but he noted that if the D-backs had enough arms to help win games and keep pitchers fresh, there could be benefits to stretching out the rotation to six men. Next, the third one is from our friend again, Jerry DePoto, President of Baseball Ops for the Mariners. He says... Bryce Miller, Emerson Hancock, Brian Wu, and Taylor Dollard are the next up in the prospect group if there is a competition for that fifth spot. It is unlikely, however, they break camp as the fifth starter. It is It, it, it was not Marco Gonzalez's best year last year, but he was so dependable during the three years prior. He still had 20 quality starts last year, despite poor metrics. Chris Flexen is a year removed from a three-win uh, season based on war. Their prospects likely won't break camp unless Marco or Flexen gets injured. We have not talked about a we have not talked about a six man rotation. The value in Marco is the bulk. We sent Flex to the bullpen to see if his stuff ticked up. We don't think Marco we don't we don't think Marco stuff could tick up in the bullpen. The six man is still a possibility, but 
uh, either Mark or Flex can be a long man. Our preference is a five man rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting, you didn't mention Matt Fresh. Where's he uh, fall into play? Well, he was not part of the quote that um, I'll say that's the uh, bull dinky uh, thing. Uh, I'm not believing that. Uh, I'm a Castillo's a star. Robbie Ray, who knows what he's going to be. Logan Gilbert, they got. I like Marco Gonzalez. I think he's good, George Kirby. But Flexen, I think, is better than what that quote was saying. And I think Matt Bresch has a chance to make it. So I think Bresch and Flexen will be the sixth. Uh, one of them will be a sixth. Don't forget, every team needs not five starters, not even six. Every team throws, what, seven or eight starters during the course of the season? So I'll say that last quote is the one that's wrong. Okay, really the, what I'm getting at here is the, the six-man rotation. So what I'm saying is Mariners are saying, what I'm telling you in these quotes, Mariners are saying five-man, Diamondbacks are saying p- potential six-man, yeah. and the um, Twins are saying six-man. Yeah, I think all of them are going uh, potential six-man. Okay, John, what do you think? Are you on mute? He's overwhelmed by Chris Flexton, I think. John, do you put do we put John to sleep here? Okay, no, no, I got it. So so I think what's important is first, you need six, seven, eight starters, like Lenny's saying, right? That's true. But I we want to be careful because right, that's a game we're playing is are they talking about having six starters? Are they talking about a six man rotation? So I have the middle one is false because you actually use the word rotation and it was Arizona. <laughs> I don't know if they have three guys that are like, let alone six. And then in particular with guys that have track records, Gallon, Kelly, I guess Bumgarner, lesser extent, Davies. Five, I don't know. These guys are such creatures of habit. Yeah. Unless it's a unicorn thing like Otani. I don't think teams are going to just start uprooting all the tradition, not say like holding on with the death grip to tradition, but just all the routine, the regiment. I think that, I think it's the middle one. That's false. Although I got to be honest, Zach, if you wrote the last one, holy cow, you put a lot of work into that one. And the first one is tough because it made me think, wow, if one of these is true, I need to be maybe watching this stuff more because they are, you know, they're out there talking and maybe I'm getting myself in trouble by just blanket statement. It's all BS because I I am interested in the stuff that you say and I don't, I'm not exposed to any of it. So the Minnesota one, I think is interesting. I think the Arizona one is false. Okay. So the Seattle one is true. Uh, right. I just list on. I just listened to the podcast Locked on Mariners, and they had Jerry Depoto on as a guest, and I listened to him say those exact words with my mouth. Um, with, with not my, I, I listened to him and say those exact words. So he basically said, um, they're not ruling out a six man, but they prefer a five man, and it's basically a competition yeah. between Marco and Flexen for that fifth man spot with some of the other prospects that he mentioned, none of whom were Emerson Emerson Hancock. So the Bryce Miller, oh no, sorry, Emerson Hancock was there. Bryce Miller, Con- Hancock, Wu, and Taylor Dollar would be the next guys. So those could those could be D- uh, DC stabs. Me and Johnny always talk about that. Right. So those are guys that I weren't really on my radar. Brian Rue, none of them have been ab- above Double A, but he's saying they're the next four, like that quartet of players, are the next four that would come up in case of injuries um, or anything poor performance. Um, the Diamondbacks quote is a direct direct quote, and that is true. Oh, got me. Nice. So that is true. So nice. that that's I can. That's from um, Arizona Sports. Um, is the article, and they're saying that um, 
he did not rule a six man. Um, but they, 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 I think Zach Davies is in the rotation. I think they got Mad Bum Davies, um, Gallon Kelly, Merrill Kelly is four, and then you got um, Gallon. Then you got Ryan Nelson and Henry and Jameson. Like Ryan Nelson and Jameson would probably fight for that fifth spot, and they could stretch yeah. it out to six. They said maybe. So who knows what's going to happen? That isn't that is a true right. quote. The Twins quote: um, I replaced five with six, so that is incorrect. So uh, the quote says, "I will tell you um, that our hope right now is that we have." that we go with five starters. It feels like we have a good five good ones. So, and then they did not mention Bailey over. So they are pretty adamant about going with the five man um, pitching staff. And that, um, and that quote is from the twin cities pioneer press uh, from January 22nd. So that leaves over on the outside looking in, right, Zach? Yep. For now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. These are pitching prospects. And um, just bear in mind that um, these quotes are from November and uh, things have happened since then. So the first quote is about Grayson Rodriguez. And the thing that I'm talking about that happened since then was the trade that happened, I think, yesterday or the day before getting Cole Irvin over to the Baltimore Orioles. So this is a quote from Mike Elias, the GM. Um, Rodriguez will have a legitimate chance to break uh, camp in the rotation. In fact, the GM Mike Elias told Paul Morosi at the GM meetings, Rodriguez is on the inside of the competition for one of the five spots. If, Rod- if Rodriguez doesn't make the opening day roster, he would um, he would view would he view it as a disappointment? Um, uh, Rodriguez said, "Yeah, personally, it would be a disappointment for me." Next one, Kyle Harrison on the Giants again. This is before the acquisition. Uh, they got someone else, didn't they? They got um who they trade for? They they added someone. Oh, Stripling. This is before yeah, the yeah. Stri- they got this- Stripling and they got uh, Alex Wood and. Yeah, so this is uh, this this, this was before yeah, this right. was before the stripling edition. Mm-hmm. So this is from Farhan Zaidi, the the president of Baseball Ops. We expect him to be in our rotation at some point next year. Zaidi said in October. It could even be relatively early in the season. And they're talking about who? Kyle Harrison. Yeah, no, I, I don't think. Uh, okay, third one. Stripling there, and they also got uh, Di Scalfani. Uh, Jake Junis is in there too. I think Harrison's a way down the road. That's well. Again, I'm not gonna. I'm not leading you down any paths okay. here. But that's your opinion. Uh, <laughs> My opinion. And the, the Farhan's ID, you could disagree with him if if he, if in fact he did say that. So okay. uh, the third quote is from um, uh, Marlins GM Kim Ng. Uh, this is about Yuri Perez, one of their top pitching prospects. And this is from this is from November twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. Um, Kim Ng says that Yuri Perez has the stuff to be an elite level starter this year and uh, would not have a significant innings limit if he did come up to the big, big leagues. Okay. So, Lenny, you're thinking the Kyle Harrison one is false? Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. And, of course, with the uh, Marlins, look, they got the Lizardo and who else? Alcantara and uh, Rogers and Cueto and Cabrera. Uh, and Braxton Garrett, I think he's, I think he's a lefty. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll say that quote was not right. What the Harrison quote? Yeah. John, what do you think? I honestly don't know. I have no clue. Uh, like which do I think is not true? I don't know. I guess, uh, the Baltimore one, I think sounded true. The Grayson Rodriguez one sounded fair enough. The Miami one, I mean, is that kid's like 19. I guess I would go with that one. I can't imagine. I guess that one is the least yeah, yeah, possible, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Perez is Perez the Marlins, is 19. The Marlins one is the, is the false one. Yeah, he's um, 19 and coming off, what, 70-something innings. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Kyle Harrison one is true. Um, the, the Zaidi said that in October. Um, but that's just that, that's just their president of baseball ops saying that. So he's saying we expect him to be in rotation at some point next year. Could even be uh, relatively soon, but things happen since then, right? So I that's, doubt that, it. That's yeah. the caveat. That's the caveat. All right, let's go. I, I tend to agree with Lenny, you know. I tend to agree with I just I, right. I know you're saying that it's that it's true, and that but I've been saying from the beginning these people are lying because the names that Lenny mentioned, these are you know, these are tested, battle-tested major league pitchers. Yes, Jake Junis and Descofani at this point in their careers are, are not going to go eight innings and strike out 15 guys. Fine. But they they are they're legitimate, viable MLB oh, yeah. pitchers. And I can't imagine that they're getting skipped out, right? You know, everybody has to, everybody would have to get hurt. So yes, yeah, in a situation where like everybody gets hurt, then yes, all these things are true. And I think that's where I, I failed to back these guys because there's like no, I don't know. It's just not realistic. There's so no. John, it like, sounds what are the like, chances? Like you have more skepticism uh, on the actual direct quotes from the GMs and managers than I do about beat writers. Well, I, wait. I think we feel the same way about beat writers. I think I learned the hard way. Yeah, same. Like, I think beat writers for sure. I think we agree on that. But you're you're even extending it to the actual direct quotes that beat writers get from management, which I I, I have some. I, I give it some credence. Yeah, um, I see. I feel like management is is the real source of the deception because <laughs> they know it's going to. Well, they they control what piece of information gets out. This is like political stuff. I mean, you know, I I used to write about this kind of stuff when I was younger. This is like political stuff, man. You got to get in front of the story and try and wag the dog. You know, you say, you, to me, that's the first thing that I see. And again, it doesn't mean I'm right, but what I it's like getting state information. You know, oh, they give you one piece of information. It's because they that's what they want you to have. That's fair. I, I mentioned this before. Uh, when you talk about the beat writers, look, these beat writers, they get paid. Now, I have a um, I have a connection to a couple of beat writers, a good connection. And I've been told, and this makes a lot of sense, and if I didn't hear it direct, when these guys go to uh, – these guys get paid. They go to the uh, meetings. They go to the uh, – uh, uh, all the stuff. And they get paid to write. And sometimes there's nothing going on. And they see two they see two general managers in the same elevator. And all of a sudden there's a trade between those two teams. All right. That's what really happens. So I think sometimes they just write for the sake of putting out an article because let's face it, they gotta come up with something. That's what they get paid for. I'll buy that. All right, let's move on to the next one. This is about um, more prospects here. Um, first quote here is uh, from David Ross, the manager of the Chicago Cubs. Um, this quote is from January 7th, 2023. Um, and this is from the Chicago Times, it says. Um, PCA, uh, Pete Crow Armstrong, has as good of a chance as Nelson Velasquez or Brendan Malone to make a significant MLB impact in 2023. Next quote is about Oscar Collis from the White Sox. This is Rick Hahn, the GM, on November 8th. We'll head to camp to see where we're at, Hahn said of the Cuban-born Collis, who's 24 years old. Obviously, there will be an off-season check-ins as well, as we'll see the, pro- where the, where the as we'll see where the progress is at. But he impressed us last year and is on a real good trajectory to contribute in a meaningful, meaningful way as soon as next year. Third quote is Jackson Churio, Brewers. This quote is from December 5th from Craig Council, the manager. He says, one of the most surprising things that... Uh, this is from quote from the article. One of the one of the most surprising things that Craig Council said 
was that it is possible that the Brewers' top prospect outfielder Jackson Churio reaches the majors in 2023. Churio quickly ascended through the Brewers' minor league system in 2022, slashing 288, 342, 538, with 20 home runs and 75 RBIs across three levels. He did so much. Why? And this is this is um, Council saying this. He did so much. Why would you say no to Churio making his debut? Uh-huh. So well, these are basically these one. are basically three systems saying three young players, Pico Armstrong, Oscar Collis, and Jackson Cheerio, being very optimistic about all of them contributing in 2023. Yeah, I don't think Armstrong is going to make a dent this year. Okay, right. John, what do you think? Yeah. The last guy's 18 years old, man. You know, so <laughs> I think more than anything, regardless, this is I don't care which one is fake. I believe it's. <laughs> I think it's the last one. But this is all you just proving my my initial point that this is exactly the type of dream casting state propaganda that they you know they want yeah, the fan no, base to have, I, which I think you make, is healthy. Also, you make a good you know? point. So Lenny Lenny's right. Lenny's right. The Pete Crow Armstrong one I made up completely, um, but the other two. Oh, <laughs> but the but the other true that that is a completely made up statement. Never. No, in other words, you're lying, right? Yeah, I'm lying. <laughs> oh, but okay. but the Oscar Paulus quote from Rakan is true, and uh, the thing that Craig Council said about Jackson Cheerio is also true from mm-hmm. Wisconsin Sports Heroics is the um, website um, that directly quoted Council. Anyways, let's but move that's on. That's exactly my point. You know, that's exactly my point. Is knowing it, knowing that two of those were true, is enough for me to know that <laughs> this is what they do. It's just. I, I get it, man. Listen, I'm in New York, and you would think, you know, where the Yankees are not really known for pushing prospects. It's not really the Yankees thing. They try yes, to talk they about are. Them. I disagree. I Lenny, mean, we have just, zero. We have zero. Second. It's you been over a decade of zero prospects. Like Justin zero. Sheffield, you ever hear of Andujar? Where are they now? <laughs> well, that, but yeah, I mean, man, Justice Sheffield was supposed to be. He Sheffield, was supposed to be. He was supposed to be amazing. Andujar, and they were both uh, uh, released on the same day last week. Man, there's one more I can't think of. I was, I was hoping Zach would come up and chase. Chase was it? Chase something? Anyway, it was Caprillion. It's a, it's a million guys. The, the Yankees just never do that. We were hearing about Jason Dominguez, right? And what now? He's not any good, or whatever. It, whatever. It's the same thing. Remember, right? Wasn't Jason Domingo's Mike Trout, Zach? Didn't we laugh about this he, last year? He still is. Yeah. He still is, man. Okay, so that's what I mean. So yeah. listen, so the Yankees don't need to worry because Jason Dominguez is Mike Trout and uh, Pico Armstrong, you know, is uh, Fernando Tatis and whatever. It's just, it's so ridiculous. I, I don't pay any attention to these guys whatsoever because oh, a lot fuck. of times he's, I feel he's, like he's, he's, no he's no Aaron Hicks, that's for sure. <laughs> man, you know what's funny? The Yankees have so many bad pieces. You wonder how they win, right? Yeah. I know. I feel like I can just like I should. I feel like I should be like channeling uh, Dupont here, just telling you like, oh, fucking no, Darren Hicks, fucking. Yeah. Well, I'm very objective. They have some. The Yankees have some really terrible pieces. I mean, even Lemayhu at this point is not really like a, the type of piece you'd want at the front of a competitive lineup. You know, no way. Well, I think one of the most interesting things uh, for the rest of and this has been the greatest off season in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, the Yankees have a $21 million commitment next year to Davidson, third base. And they have no place to put him. If LeMayu plays, he'll play third base. You got Torres, you got uh, uh, Volpe or Cabrera. Uh, they got no place to put Davidson. 
and he's got $21, $22 million attached to him. That's going to be very interesting to see what the Yankees do. I think Peraza starts it short, frankly. That's me. Well, the Yankees don't want to give up their prospects. I mean, they got Volpe, they got uh, uh, Peraza, and they got Cabrera. But, uh, again, same thing as they did with Andor. Yeah, when they ran out Peraza in the playoffs, the Yankees are generally pretty deliberate with that stuff. Uh-huh. You know, they're they're very open about running the, you know, they run a million simulations before every game to come up with optimal lineups. The team's run by computer. <laughs> well, that's the truth. The team is run by a computer at this point. So uh-huh. they don't make it's not I don't I don't mean to say they don't make mistakes. Things don't happen by accident when it comes to execution for the Yankees. I'm dead serious. Right. They, it is very calculated. So for me, when I saw Peraza, I said, oh, that's the one. Volpe is the, he's the bait, right? Volpe is the, is the piece they're going to lie about. He's the piece they're going to trade. That I would be surprised if we Yankees ever see him. Yankees don't lie about. about their prospects. I mean, think about <laughs> Clint Frazier, right? Well, I'd be, right, think about him, right? I, I can't, hey. I, I hope Zach is laughing at me. I drafted him last year. In fantasy. Uh-huh. Oh, my, I might've drafted him too. But you know what? Like Volpe, John, you might've hit on something here in Lenny too. Like they, they might just be, it, it might be uh, tail wagging the dog here because they, they could talk of a player if they, if they want to trade him. So they, they could be playing games and I'll give you another quote. All this stuff is available. Um, I have all these quotes that uh, are available in a massive spreadsheet. There's over a hundred lines of them that are available on the, on the Patreon. And one of them is Anthony Volpe. And this is, this is a quote from Aaron Boone on January 19th. And if you're interested in all of them, you can have all of them. This is from the New York post. Um, Boone says it will be a battle on the yeses network hot stove on Thursday night. The manager praised Peraza's performance from the latter part of the season and said Volpe who finished 2022 at AAA, Scranton Wilkes-Barre is going to get lots of reps in spring training. Typically, the Yankees prefer young players to play at least one, uh, at least close to a full season in the minor league level before moving up. And Volpe played just 21 games uh, in the minors in at SWB, right. Scranton Wilkes, before being after being promoted from Double A. Still, Boone didn't rule out Volpe making it to the Bronx at some point next season. He had he hasn't had a lot of Triple A time, but you never know. Boone says he he could still kick the door down and force uh, uh, the onus on us. We we will have to see how it plays out and make a decision from there. And uh, keep in mind that not all these great comments are done by the general managers or by the managers. The comments are usually provided by the agents. Okay. Scott Boris being number one. So many of these good comments about the players are put out there by the agents. Remember that. Also, back in December, so over a month ago, Boone also said, uh, "This is from the New York Post. This is on the New- from the New York Post as well. This is a shorter, cl- a shorter quote." Um, he talked about Peraza. We feel like we have a lot of talent there. Boone says it's a deep group on a per- of Peraza. Boone says he's ready for that opportunity. He's earned the opportunity to compete for more of a role. So that's a direct yep. quote from Aaron Boone. That's for you know. I've been reading the New York Post. Since the mid 1960s, <laughs> and I when I it. went to school out in Indiana, I used to get it delivered to me, mailed to me, uh, three days late. But the reason I did it was so that I could use their editorials in my on my themes for an English class. And of course, in those days, you could never track it without the internet. So I used to use an editorial, change it around, and get uh, A's on all my editorials. Boom. All right, let's move on to the we got three left. This is uh, these are potential starting pitchers. 
First quote I'll give you is Cody Morris, uh, Terry Francona, the manager of the of the Indians, Guardians. We believe Cody Morris can really challenge Zach in brackets. Please, Zach, for the fifth spot in the rotation. We value innings and believe he can become a horse like the others we've developed. Um, That's the agent. That was not Francona who said that. I'll okay, right well, it now. says Terry Francona. Um, so ne- ne- next one is Davis Martin, um, White Sox. This is on uh, January 20th. So get, bear in mind, this was before the Mike Clevenger news. You know, the news of that. Obviously, you know what's going on with him. This was before that. So um, this is from Everett T. Ford, the, the pitching coordinator. Um, um, it was like, all right, Davis is going to be in double A or triple A. White Sox pitching coordinator T. Ford said, he's going, he's going to be a starter. Why send him to big league camp and interrupt his buildup? Internally, we've always thought he could be a back of the rotation starter. So obviously he provides some depth and can go up there and be a productive starter. So reading between the lines that he could be the one next up because Clevenger's He toast. could be, especially with Mike Clevenger. Who knows what's going to no, happen? Clevenger's is done. He's done. But we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that after. The third quote here is Luke Weaver, Reds. So the Reds have signed him. Nick Kroll, not Nick Kroll, the comedian, but Nick Kroll, the GM. Um, said we're going to try and lengthen lengthen him out and see where it goes. Um, I think he can Hell start. On. He can relieve. It just adds another oh, guy man. that gives you some innings, competition, start in starting. Who knows if he gets back to where he was? He's a solid back end starter. That time it wasn't me. Okay, so the okay. Luke Weaver, the Luke Weaver quote. There's the Davis Martin quote, and there's the Cody Morris quote. John? Oh, I was saying, I thought I had four because I had Boone, Cody. Oh, no, Boone was, the, I just, that was just. Oh, that was like, just because I was talking about, okay. Yeah. So it was Cody Morris, Davis Martin, and then Kroll. Yeah, the, the, Boone, had, one was, the Boone ones were true. Yeah, was, yeah, okay. The 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 Cody Morris one sounded legit, was quick and to the point. I thought the Martin one sounded good, but then I it lost me a touch. I don't really know the last guy, so no Martin. Luke, Luke, Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver. He was on the like you know uh, the Red Sox. No, 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 no. Nick. I don't know Nick Crow. I don't know who he's, Nick. He's, Crow he's, is. he's he's the GM of the of the Reds. Oh, I didn't. I think you were talking about a. Pop, I thought that was the player that you were talking. No, no, about. Nick, Nick Crow. I said Nick Crow. The G, Nick Crow. So C A C A R A L L. But there's a comedian named Nick Crow. I made a joke that not Yeah, yeah. Oh, the guy from the league, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. I think it's the last one. I thought the first two sounded legit. I kind of put check marks next to them. Okay. Lenny, what do you think? Well, I think Davis is going to be in the rotation as a result of the stuff with uh, Clevenger. Cincinnati, I'll tell you, Cincinnati's got a couple of good ones. I don't think Weaver, maybe he'll be the sixth guy. Um, Hunter Green is going to be a star. Lodolo, Ashcraft is good. Who else? They got Louis Sessa. Uh, and, uh, of course the, uh, Ashcraft Justin Dunn. So I think Weaver's on the outside looking in. Lenny, do you spell Justin Dunn? D-O-N-E? D. Why is he done? (laughs) It's a a joke. Um, no, he's D-U-N-N. Uh, I'm not even counting Connor Overton, who I'm not too sure what kind of a pitcher he is, but I would say, uh, Weaver's, um, on the outside looking in. That was like sort of that joke, like that joke Norm Macdonald had when he was on, I think, one of the talk shows. I think it was a Letterman, and yeah. then somebody was somebody was uh, advertising a movie called Chairman of the Board, and uh, Norm goes, "Is it is it is board spelled B R B O R E D?" 
<laughs> I still don't get it. But go ahead. Well, because you're, he's, he's telling the guy that <laughs> the, movie's, the, movie, the movie's boring. He's, he's, this, has, this he's, feels like a this feels like a late night skit from from the seventies. <laughs> next Anyways, one. Yeah, that's I'm why that's what the, the Dunn. I stole the Justin Dunn joke from that. But um, like, get it, Justin Dunn. He's done because he sucks. D O N E, but his name's D U N N. Anyways, oh, go on. Okay. Which one do you think's fake? I think the uh, Justin Dunn, uh, the uh, Cincinnati one, is fake. Uh, and John, did you give an answer or no? You, you said the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, the, the, I, the Cody Morris one's fake. Um, really? That was you did a good job with that one because, because I did, because be the bra- because the bracket thing that I threw in Zach yeah. bracket please Zach we think. We we can really challenge Zach bracket please Zach. I made it sound like it was an actual quote. I made it up. That could be it could be like it, there could be some truth to it, but I completely made that up. Yeah, see, okay. I mean, see, and you know what's funny here? Let me take an let me take an L, even though I was trying to take nothing but W's on this stuff. Is I like him, so it's easy for me to buy into that stuff. You know, and I think that's just yeah. human nature. He's got good. He's got good projections. The, not that like I really not that I use projections to build my team, but I do look at them and I. And it and it is interesting um, to pick them apart and say what you think is wrong with them, say what you think you like with them. But the projections have Cody Morris pretty favorable. Um, but yeah, no, I made that up. Like I don't, I don't know what the rotation is, but I don't think he's like, I don't think on paper right now he's part of that rotation. I mean, no, he's, he's got a monster Pauly, track record. Playstack, uh, Quantrill, McKenzie, and uh, Shane Bieber. That's that's the top five. Dude, more Morris has some. What, like, what, what about Plezak? Plezak, Plezak. Like he, him and Justin Dunn are just two peas in a pod. They they both suck. Like, do you think do you think Plezak holds off um, Cody Morris for that fifth spot in that rotation all year? Oh, he's hold. coming up the one way or another. He'll be up. All right, and Luke Weaver. Oh come like, on, man! Mor- Morris, dude, Morris has some. Downright go, I mean, gaudy numbers in the, in the minors. I love that. I'm looking at when you're saying league. that with a New York accent, fucking gaudy numbers. Is, How can you not believe that, <laughs> dude? We're talking <laughs> strikeout rates, high 30s, even 40, even if it's a short set. Like, I don't care if it's you know, 30 in 2021, god, 55 innings, he struck out north of 40% of all batters, single-digit walk rate, half of a home run per nine. These are not normal numbers. This guy is, is has got some ridiculous stuff. Somebody in Cleveland is either going to go down or stink. He'll be up and make an impact. Okay. So, yeah, the Cordy Morris run, yeah, like I, I agree with that, but that was the one that I did make up. Luke Weaver, like that rotation sucks, man. Like they got they got Lodolo and Green and they got Ashcraft and whatever, Like, but there's like garbage behind that. Like, if Luke Weaver has like any shell of his former self, he like has he, nothing. Come on. All right, fine, Lenny. You're, you win. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, these are about some young players again. So, um, first one I'll tell you is Zach Geloff of the Athletics. Billy Owens, the assistant GM, says that Zach Geloff is a dude to the millionth degree. He has real talent that will translate to the top level in numerous ways. That's Zach Geloff. The next one is Jordan Walker of the Cardinals. This was on uh, January 13th. This is John Mozelik, the John Mozeliak, however you want to pronounce it, baseball president of baseball operations. When you talk about combining the physical impression with the performance impression, it's an exciting combination to have. You never want to put ceilings on players, and we certainly won't do that here, but it's easy to dream with that kind of potential that this young man has. Third one is um, Bill Schmidt, GM of the Rockies. This is on Zach Veen. 
who's a prospect. Zach is a dream player, and we will not hesitate to see how that translate to the translate to the MLB level. His tools are off the charts. I don't think the St. Louis guy has a chance of coming up. I mean, uh, with Libertor there is maybe the sixth starter. No, no, Jordan Walk. Jordan Walker is an outfielder. Yeah, no, he's. Not, I th- I think they have him pegged to actually play third. I thought they had him pegged to play third. No, no. Oh, so Jordan, it, are you talking about Jordan? Uh, that's Jordan Walker. He 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 Jordan. was a third baseman, but they're they're moving him to the outfield. Aaron Otto's block. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Yes, yeah. they right, got right. too many players. Right. He Tyler plays O'Neal third to move him to outfield. Sorry. Yeah, they got O'Neill Carlson. They got Bar and Yepes, and uh, I don't know where they're going to put Paul DeJong if Brandon Donovan plays and Nolan Gorman. They are just loaded. They're really crowded. Yeah, it's yeah, really. So crowded. I would say it's the St. Louis guy. That's not going to happen. Okay, well, that's a valid opinion, but we, we're trying to figure out um, which of these quotes I've made up. Um, well, nobody knows. Nobody, okay, fair point. The, the made-up one was Zach Veen. I yeah. completely made that up. The Jordan Walker quote from John Mazzalia. Wait, is was that the one with the dude? I wanted to say the one with dude was no, fake. No, no, the dude is real. Oh, the, gosh. The, 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 that's why I put it in there. The assistant uh, GM Billy Owens said Zach Geloff is a dude to the millionth degree. He has real oh, talent and will translate to the top level in new, numerous ways. And that was and that's Oakland, right? Oakland, yeah. Yeah, l- let's keep wondering why they're terrible. John, you, you want to just brush us off and say, uh, say, oh, uh, this quote threw me off. But like, you we're, we're talking to each other on a daily basis, asking each other who should be drafted in a DC. Maybe Zach Geloff's one of those guys. Well, I'll, mm, all right, to that to that to that exact point. If we're going to be drafting these guys, right? Which we yesterday, right? We need to find diamonds in the rough. And I'm I'm not saying that this route is not the right way to get the the news. It might be the right way to get the names, and then you and I have to do our analyst thing. I'm looking at Killoff right now, and you know what? For like a deep fantasy league, this is a kind of guy you'd probably want on your fantasy team, right? Across two levels last year, 18 homers, 10 steals. He probably about 265 across two levels, 340 OBP. And he strikes out a little bit, but he gets on base. I mean, dude, they had the same thing with Sky Bolt. You know, I mean, I drafted Sky Bolt. I'm not going to tell you. You can have Bolt, yeah, but not Kai, Tom, Kai Tom. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Toolsy guys. Um, uh, Anthony, uh, what is it? God, was it Ashford? Who was the guy that killed everyone last year? Anthony Alford. Anthony Alford on the on the Pirates, remember? Yeah, yeah, it didn't kill me. I so it's those kind of, listen, you're going to, we're going to chase tools. We're going to step on rakes. We're going to get Ty- Tyrone Taylor. Right. Well, I mean, I'm hoping he gets it going this year. But... <laughs> Don't yeah, do that to yourself. You're not wrong. No, no. no. Do, uh, John, do not draft John, Tyrone Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I you, haven't gotten I... to that point yet. I drafted okay, Trace Thompson. Is that any worse? Uh, it's about the same. Oh, I hope not, man. Uh, um, okay. So last, <laughs> last, last, tr- last trio of player, uh, player quotes here. Um, okay. We'll go with um, AJ Hinch, the manager of the Detroit Tigers on January 24th. Um, he said uh, the article says uh, manager AJ Hinch remained tight-lipped about who the closer will be. We'll have somebody close the game, I promise. He told uh, members of the media after the game. I think those roles are going to have to sort themselves out. So he wasn't committing to a closer. Um, second quote is on Tyler Stevenson, catcher for the Reds. David Bell said this on that same day, uh, January twenty fourth. Um, he said. Um, the goal is for the 26-year-old Stevenson to play between 140 and 150 games in 2023, spread among catcher first and DH. No way will it go perfectly, but to see, uh, but to see what it would take would look like to get in that many games and catch enough to 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 see where he's going to get better. Um, 
and will still be considered catcher, but enough DH in first base. I think it could work out if everything went perfectly. I, re I really believe it would accomplish everything the plan, the plan, and I have it mapped out. The goal is to keep Tyler in the lineup as much as possible. We still believe in Tyler as a catcher. We think he's a good one. We think he's going to keep getting better as a catcher. We also know how important is he is to our lineup and keeping him healthy and keeping him in the lineup as much as possible. Now, I know that was a long quote. I'm sorry. This quote's a little bit shorter. This is on Trevor Bauer. And this is from Peter Bendix, who is the GM of the Tampa Bay Rays. He says, we have had internal discussions on Trevor Bauer and the option to use him in non-traditional roles. So the, again, the three are A.J. Hinch, non-committed to a closer, um, which would relate to Alex Lang, which many people think he is the locked-in closer. Uh, we have another quote about Tyler Stevenson playing 140 to 150 games at different positions. So that would put him like above 600 plate appearances at, at, at a catcher, which is pretty valuable. And then the quote on Trevor Bauer uh, with the Rays using him in, as like potentially maybe a middle reliever. The only one, uh, if you talk about Detroit, you know, I think all these are true, actually. Alec Lang, uh, also Jose Cisnero, he could be in line for the closer spot. That will be determined in spring training. Uh, a few years ago, when Tyler Stevenson was in the Arizona Fall League, I went there, spent about you know, a couple of weeks there watching the games, and I came away saying Tyler Stevenson was my number one player in the Arizona Fall League. I was so proud of that, okay? Because I don't even know who he was until I got there. So I like the Detroit thing. Cisnero is also a candidate to close in addition to Lang. Stevenson's going to be a star. And uh, and the last one was who? Trevor Bauer. Uh, Trevor Bauer. I just haven't read anything about that. I think if I think when Bauer signs, and I think he will, I don't know if it's going to be Tampa. I haven't heard anything about that. But I can see him being a um, anything but a closer. So I would say that the uh, Bauer thing is something that I have not read about. I have read about the other two. Okay, John. All right, I got to put my PR hat on again, and I'd say it's got to be the Bauer one that's fake, because no one is going to take the chance of being associated unless you're willing to pull the trigger, because then you would get all the negative. You could get negative press without getting the innings pitched, right? Because that's what people are trying to figure out right now: is the aggravation, the blowback you know, and whatever frustration it causes is the odds are going to be worth the innings pitch that you get. And then if you get an innings pitch, if they're going to be good, I can't believe any team right now is going to invite the, you know, hell storm of even considering the boogeyman, you know, without signing him first. So I, the other ones also sounded very reasonable and I'm like hoping they're not fake or if they are, they just prove my ultimate point, whatever. I can't read this stuff. It gets me well, crazy. only one's fake. You guys are right. Obviously the Bauer one is fake, but I do want to talk. I, I do want to ask you guys about them, like about that. You might as well. We forgot to talk about that on other podcasts since, since the news has come down that he's now eligible to sign and everything's sort of sorted out. Do you, do you guys think he's going to sign? Like I've listened to your podcast, Lenny. I know you've talked about it on about mm -hmm. this and i know andy thinks he will sign yes personally i think, personally, I think, I think, if, he, sign. I think, I think if he's going to sign it's going to be super bowl weekend because he was suspended on april 29th which is right where the nfl draft right when the nfl draft had happened they reinstated him on christmas eve 
So they everything's happening with a distraction. Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. I think a team, if they're going to sign them before the year, is going to sign them on Super Bowl Sunday to sort of bury the, bury the noise. I agree with you. I think he'll sign with somebody. I have no idea who. I haven't heard anything about Tampa, but that makes that makes a little sense. That Tampa clubhouse, ever since they signed Troy Percival and um, um, somebody else, that clubhouse has been among the best in baseball. So I do think that if any team can handle Bauer, it's Tampa. I will read you a, an oh, actual Cliff Floyd point. was the other guy. Do you want to know that? Yeah, the the Bauer quote's fake, but I will read you an actual quote that's real. And this is from Tyler Glasnow speaking of the Rays. This is a quote from January 23rd. And this you can get, you can find this on Clutch Points. This is, um, this is from Glasnow, who currently is a pitcher for the Rays. People have their calculations of his Bauer's value, Glasnow told Rose. It's kind of up to management as well. If you start to ask players, and you'll ask 25 players about signing Trevor Bauer, you're going to get 13 different answers, 12 different answers. It's just, it just adds more confusion. I think certain people would avoid even giving an opinion on it. You're going to have some people that want it and some people that don't. How big is it PR-wise? Question mark. The guy is a really good pitcher. It's about jumbling that all together, which is basically what you guys just said. But I, I, that's the only time I've actually heard a player actually quote, quoted talking about Bauer. Most people don't even want to opine on it. Yeah, you're right. Most, most, I haven't heard a lot of quotes from players about Trevor Bauer because uh, all they're going to do is say whatever is positive so they can win with him if that's the case. Right. John, do you think he signs? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I, think, I think the Clevenger situation is entirely different. Um, I think a lot of people are sort of equating the two. I don't think Clevenger ever plays again, to be honest. I think that situation is different. Um, I think he's like, he, I think Clevenger's just toast. He wasn't good. He wasn't even good anyway. So who cares? Yeah. But I think the, the most interesting thing about that is that Clevenger has been a disciple of Trevor Bauer, but I think you learned the wrong stuff. I don't know. Uh, no, I think Trevor Bauer got railroaded. Uh, don't forget, even when they went to court, the judge threw out the case. So I don't right. know why he's getting such a bad rap. Maybe he's just got a big. You, you do know why, because everyone he's he's dislikable. Well, I like him. Andrea likes him, so it's not dislikable by us. All right, I got a, I got a question uh, for both yeah. of you guys. I'll put you guys on the spot a little bit here, um, uh, Lenny. Yes. Last time you were on the podcast. I asked you, you, you called Ahmed Rosario last year or the year before that. And you also called Tyler Stevenson. You've had, you had some good calls. Have you had any time to think about, do you want to plant your flag on any players this year? Uh, that's that's like a, sle- a sleeper. One. Well, a sleeper. Uh, let's just say I wasn't ready for that, but uh, let me just think. I think uh, here are some players that I think will emerge. Of course, I really like the White Sox. Louis Robert could be a star this year. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it. I don't just got to stay healthy. Surprise. Well, there's a lot of things he's got to do. And yep. He's got to stay healthy. That's for sure. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Javier Baez made a big comeback to be the Javier Baez that we once hoped he would be. Uh, so I'll just, let's say the National League. Uh, oh, uh, I, don't, I, I don't think Marcel Zuna is going to be a player. So I would take him off of any list I had. Uh, right. I I do think that um, 
Uh, well, just give me a chance to think about it. I think Brandon Marsh is going to be a player with the Phillies. When I saw Brandon Marsh in the Arizona Fall League, I mean, he right off the bat, he looked better than Joey Adele, and that came true. Marsh is a player that the only thing you got to do is keep him under control. He's got so much energy. He slides, he stands up, and he starts pumping his fists. He's that kind of a player. I also think that uh, I think Manny Machado is going to wind up with the Phillies if Alec Bohm doesn't have the year that we expect him. So those are my top predictions right there. All right, John, I'm going to go over to you. And, and do you want to do a counterpoint on any, on any of that before I ask you your question? No, what do I know? I I like the I like buying low on good players. You know, a guy like Baez is going really, really late. Yes. And I think the skills are still good. So he's a guy I like to bounce back. Um, what sleepers you said? I mean, guys all the way at the back. I think the Duval signing for the Red Sox has a chance to be a huge pop for them, you know, if you need power. I really like um Manoa, people are kind of forgetting your boy Manoa for Toronto. I think he's a total horse. I don't know why he finishes like a top five SP and he's going down near SP20. Steamer has him like a four, over four year. Eh? Yeah, I'm not buying it. I, no. I did the deep dive. I'm not buying it. I think he's I think he's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't I know. So. I, yeah, I really like Bradish for the Orioles, although they they brought somebody in right now. The fifth spot's in trouble, but he yep. was a guy like before that. Who did he bring out? Irvin, you mentioned, yeah. That just happened, the Irvin thing. Pardon? The the right Cole Irvin. Yeah, the, yeah. So where I thought, I thought for sure Bradish had a fifth spot. He's going to have to compete with Wells. And Will Wells may very much will lose it. And Bradish. What about, what about Grayson? Is he are you penciling him? I'm counting Grayson in the five. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of penciled. I penciled Grayson in the five. And even in that scenario, Bradish is would would have been my number five. But now it's Kyle Gibson. You know, they keep running out Kramer. I think I think Bradish is better than Kramer. Bradish may be better than Irvin. But whatever, we'll, we'll see. That's a guy that I really like that now I still like him, but you know the deal. He'll he'll slide down boards. I like Brian Bayo for the Red Sox. I think that's where I'm going. I like some of these toolsy young kids mm-hmm. that people right now are writing off. Oh, he's the fifth guy, sixth guy, seventh guy. We haven't seen spring. If they come out and look great, they could crack their way into rotations and make a huge leap in ADP. So I was thinking, I, I was thinking about this the other day. All these teams are basically giving free money, free money away seven years from now. So you look at the Xander Bogart signing, you yeah. look at the Trey Turner signing. These are ten-year contracts, and they're paying. They're going to be paying these guys $25, $30 million, which could be at that point the qualifying offer, uh, which might yeah. not be that bad because of inflation. And and it might it might even be more severe than that, but that not not that notwithstanding, um, they're basically, in my opinion, just saying, okay, here is twenty five million dollars seven years from now. I don't give a shit um, about that. So if you look at it from the other perspective, um, calling up a play, calling up a prospect this year, say Grayson Rodriguez, and usually they they manipulate the service time um, because they want to save what twenty million dollars seven seven years from now. But teams that are competing have shown they don't care about that because they're 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 they're, they're giving these massive contracts. Swanson, Trey Turner, um, Correa at first, and then it didn't come to fruition. But if they don't care about that money, in that sense, then why are these same teams even trying to hold back these prospects? So I'm thinking this like there might be a shift in terms of 
um, just like top level um, financial executives uh, crunching the numbers and 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 looking at the inflation, looking at these contracts, and and there's something behind the scenes that um, I think the the, the collective um, uh, people that are in the know may, might know. And I, I'm thinking it might make sense that like these teams just might bring up these prospects right away, and and you might see the, a trend for that this year. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, you know, on my podcast, um, I answer a lot of questions. And even after the uh, podcast, people call me. And the player that's gotten the most uh, is this kid from the White Sox, Oscar Colas. Uh, he has a chance to be a player. Strikes out a lot, that'll give him. But still, he could be a, a 25 home run hitter in today's game. Uh, he could steal you 10 or more bases. So Colas could be the uh, youngster that I'll be watching in in, in spring. Right. Another, another thing, another random thing I was thinking of: Has there anyone, has anyone that has that have been, has been busted for steroids, like busted, tested positive, made the Hall of Fame? No. Ortiz, Ortiz was Ortiz. No, I mean David was never, Ortiz it was had never a proven, right? Yeah, no. not to, I, whatever. I'm not trying to point the finger at any of these guys. I don't personally care. But Ortiz was tied to it. He was tied to it, yes. But like, so was Bagwell, right? Well, Gary Sheffield had a powder that had some stuff in it. Didn't know what it was. Right. To yeah, me, everyone the has a story. Hall of Fame is done. What I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't give a fuck about the Hall of Fame. To be honest with you, Good. Uh, even Thank though you. I'm talking about it, and I maybe sound like a hypocrite, sure. but. It, once once Bonds didn't get in, like I I, I always like I always enjoyed like looking and, and hoping my favorite players that, that I watched and cheered for growing up would get into the Hall of Fame. I don't know, it's just a good feeling. But I stopped caring. Uh, I like this was the first year where I just like Rowling got in. Like he was a J. I like I liked him when he was in the Jays and stuff like that. But I don't care anymore because you you hold out Bonds like this this Hall of Fame means nothing. But the reason I'm saying the reason I'm asking this is because like Tatis is Tatis now not a Hall of Famer at all because he was busted. Like does he not get in? Probably not. I'll tell you who definitely gets in. It's Nolan Arenado, who's already got better offensive and uh, defensive records than Scott Rowland. Okay. Even yeah, no, I agree with that. He's better. No one, so no, he's no, 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 no one gives a shit about this Hall of Fame. I don't know. Sorry for bringing. No, in. it should be instead of being. It's not the Hall of Fame anymore. All right, and and that ended when Bill Mazeroski got in there. But the point is, is that it should be. Uh, it should represent Major League Baseball. And say everything that happened. Barry Bonds, the whole thing, took steroids, this and that. All the guys who did everything. It should be all explained in what they now call the Hall of Fame. It should be a baseball museum talking about everything that's happened in baseball. I agree with that. I agree with that. So, John, what do you got going on before we go? Um, uh, you want to talk about um, what, are you, what are you up to for the baseball season? Um, I, I know it seems like I'm kind of laying, laying low right now, but I'm working on a, I'm working on a massive, massive project on my own. You know me, I always kind of take on too much, but also this is stuff you and I talk about. We talk about analysis a lot and how the more we learn about it, the more nuanced really everything is, you, you know, you can cast a wide net. You could regress all the fly balls you want. You could regress all the ERA you want, but when it comes down to it, even though, even if that will get you to the right answer more than not, when it comes to individual decisions, it takes a little bit of nuance. So I said, you know what? I was talking to these guys at Sharpener. They have a cool new website for like rankings and stuff. And they asked me if I wanted to do it. So, you know, you could write little player blurbs. 
I don't want to just rank. I want to put why. And I ended up doing like little, like my style, what would be like those couple of tweet threads that people used to dig. <laughs> so they're like mini, they're like mini deep dives, which I guess is oxymoronic a little bit, but it's a mini advanced deep dive. And every player in the top, I'm probably right around through the first hundred or so I'm hoping to get it out on like maybe Valentine's Day and just have this massive thing come out where I go player by player through like, dude, you, Zach, you know, go like, trends and if it's pitchers it's velo and mix and spin i mean really hardcore stuff there's really not really anything quite like it if i pull it off and so that's where i've been and then i have the patreon stuff it's free so i hate chilling for my stuff but i have a couple of advanced um videos i did benoa cease and aaron ashby so if those are players that you're interested in learning about I really dive in rolling charts, grass, all types of like granular stuff. And I have a counterpoint episode up and soon I'll have Zach on cork stats. We're working on it. We have um, some really good deep draft topics. I think. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to all that. And you guys, you guys haven't met each other before yet. Hey, Lenny and John. So no, I don't believe so. You both do great right. work. Lenny. Like I think I, and I just want to, if we want to end this podcast soon, um, I know John, you're, you're, you're up and coming and, um, you're one of the smartest guys I know in this, in this biz, we, we sort of have different styles, but it, it's sort of, but we work well together. I think we talk well and we think we, um, I enjoy talking to you and, and I think our styles are different, but I think they mix well together, um, in terms of helping each other. Um, yeah, well, you know, hold on. There's a great, see, you do this too much, dude. Sometimes you make such great points that you're not really leaving, letting people suck that up. You fantasy is not the place to be finding people that you agree with. Right. Like he said, we want to be civil. You want to be able to argue these things civilly without fighting and calling each other names. But the if that's you also fun, them, though. Right. But well, yeah, I guess. Well, I have to do it behind people's backs. So yeah. <laughs> but when you I do, I do, you, I do it right in the open. I know, right, I know, I know. And you put it out and get paid for it, which is real I, probably a real win for you. But real, but what I'm saying, and this is serious. <laughs> one of the worst things I think you can do in fantasy, and Zach, you've called me on it, and I that's why I appreciate it so much is. Being careful to fall in line with what becomes like a consensus or accepted analysis, right? And we end up like making it a fact before the games are even played, mm. and that of getting a lot of people that gets a lot of people in trouble. Yeah, and that's something before you got on here, John. I was talking to Lenny about like because we're we're doing we're looking at these quotes, and that was the main purpose of this episode. Um, but I said a lot of these like news articles are just people jumping to conclusions and 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 spinning opinion into fact like for example the morning news article about the detroit tigers defenses said it was not going to it was not going to change guess what click on that link says the owner doesn't want certain things but it never said the the fences aren't moving in guess what fast forward fences moved in and it's a lot of all of these news are taking beat writer opinions and spouting them into facts and using bias to just come up to come come to a conclusion so I think you're, I think you're right. And you got to be really careful in this, in the, there's a ton of noise and uh, you got to be really careful in, in, in Twitter and podcasts and like you fall into traps. I really want to limit the information. I want facts. I don't want some, I do not want to see someone's rankings from first base. I do like, I think that's counterproductive. I I'd even go into, go in, as far to say, if there's a projection system that I don't understand what the ingredients are and it's telling me like, yeah, it's sort of generally trusted like steamer is, but if I don't understand why they're projecting something, then what use is it to me? I guess we're trusting it, but I think you got, you got to be really careful. There's a lot of 
stuff like out there, a lot of people writing articles. And quite frankly, I can say this because I don't, because I don't care. 90% of it is fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're really speaking my language because Zach, it's so funny. You and I, we've had these conversations. I'm trying to make it into a reality of we've said that rankings. I mean, anything we spend most of our time pushing up against projections and I can't like sleep at night. If I just have rankings up and someone's saying, Oh, well, that's it. You will, will be able to look at my rankings and literally every player is going to have like a, a short paragraph or two. And you'll know exactly where I stand and why. And then if you want to agree, disagree, take the good parts, maybe disagree with the bad parts or whatever, that I think is the most helpful because again, it's all about we're, we're speaking the same language. This yeah. whole like we're we're in it's happening with betting a lot too. It's making it worse. This tail culture, like people are tailing, not doing their own work at all, and just looking to copy and paste and look for results. That's not how you do it. No, exactly. And you know, you guys are one of the good ones. That's why I wanted to talk to you guys. I wouldn't want to talk to you guys and spend an hour if I didn't believe that you guys were the valuable people that um, you can learn something from. So. Um, what I was, what I was getting at is Lenny, you do an amazing podcast as well. Um, we're going to move over to Lenny, um, listen to you every day and, and, and you spit the facts and you're, you're one of the people that you don't, you're not doing the same cookie cutter garbage and you, you get, you get right to it. You don't have an intro song. You just get right to it and you start giving me the pieces of information that I want. And you were on serious. I think you're one of the best people in this industry. And I think that, um, people should recognize you. That's why I want to have you on the podcast. And I think you're, I think you're, I think you're awesome, buddy. Well, that's very nice. I wish Andrea felt the same, but uh, uh, sometimes I wonder. But the point is, is that you know, on the podcast, and we do it every day. This is my thirtieth year of broadcasting. The most important thing you can learn from any podcast is not the rankings and not the ratings. It's playing time. That's what you got to listen to. Playing time. Who's going to get the playing time? Who is not? Because that's how you win fantasy baseball with at-bats and playing time. And that's what we talk about every day. We do the podcast every day at 9 a.m. If you can't make it into the greatest chat room in the history of any sport, uh, you can listen to it on demand. We're doing a podcast on Thursday nights. And then we have the lady and the legend on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And uh, we're just having a ball and we're doing more now. We're increasing it. We got the Legends Radio Network being established. So I'm having more fun now than I ever did. Last time you, last time I talked to you, I asked you who's the lady and who's the legend. We still haven't decided that. I think it goes <laughs> show by show. These, these days it could be like you never know. You never know. That's yeah. for sure. All right, never boys. Do you want to end it now? I I'm really not touching that last one. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right see you john all right thanks guys all right thanks thank appreciate you. it i'll talk to you guys later okay bye all right, bye